Welcome to the Gen Z Stoic Podcast, where every week we strive to lead younger generations on a path to virtue through the insight of Stoic teachings and personal stories from our lives as Gen Z Stoics. Welcome to the first episode of Season 2 for the Gen Z Stoic Podcast. After about a month off, we are excited to bring back weekly podcast episodes. This week, we're going to be talking about embracing struggle, which is kind of a fundamental concept to for you to be successful in life and something that the Stoics really preached in their ancient teachings. Yeah. Um, so like you said, it's been about a month off. We've just recently started college. It's been a little interesting so far. It's been a big adjustment, and there's definitely been a lot of struggle that's come with that, which is why this is definitely a relevant topic to discuss today but before we kind of you know delve into the the actual philosophical insight on this episode i think we should we're going to announce uh what season two is going to entail and what what the differences are for season two are going to look like moving forward so i'll let you start with that i think so we already kind of discussed some of the individual things that we're going to be bringing to the table in season two i kind of wanted to bring to the table what kind of our theme is going to be and it's going to be one of more professional professionalism really um you're gonna see once we post this episode you're gonna see our new introduction our new introduction to our videos on youtube um and the audio for our audio episodes on spotify and apple Podcasts, and you're just gonna see a more consistent editing style and more consistency in terms of social media as well everything that we're about we're gonna talk about some of the struggles we had in what we call season one um is about working more towards being consistent and being professional in terms of our editing our style and how we produce this podcast and ultimately how we are, we produce our content for you guys we want to be as professional as possible and as consistent as possible because we know that people like the content that we are putting out and so it's on us to deliver that content in a consistent way so that you guys have um, constantly refreshing new ideas around stoicism from us here at the gen z stoic Exactly. And with a more professional look, we're hoping to get more engagement as well. Uh, we've recently started networking also um, to get a lot more guests on the podcast. So that can definitely be expected moving forward into this season is we're going to have a lot more perspective because we're going to be networking with a lot of uh, well-accredited individuals and people who have very good insight of uh, any topic regarding stoicism and philosophy that's applicable to our podcast. And so we're definitely going to start bringing more uh, people on that have something to say and then that not only provides a better network for us but that also provides more insight for you um, also this is sort of the big thing the big project that we've been working on this month is the gen z stoic podcast website and it's taken a little while and it's been it's been a trial and error run for sure but we've we've built a website and it will be launching on labor day with this first episode of season two and on this website, not only are we going to have all of our podcast episodes listed, but the big attraction is we have decided to start publishing weekly articles. And now these articles uh, may relate to a weekly podcast episode, but more so it's just a more in-depth you know, discussion around a certain topic. And they're going to be written individually by us or both of us and what it could look like, but we will publish weekly articles. Um, and also there's going to be an easier way to contact us through our website, as well as an about us page. That'll be more of kind of understanding our background, um, more in depth. Is there anything you want to add? Well, I think another thing that we thought about when we sat down and we made the Gen Z Stoic website is 
how do we get a forum going? How do we get a community of Stoics together so that they can talk instantly about something that's going on within their life? And so part of that is, yes, we are making articles, but we're also creating groups on that site that are just forums. They're open forums where you can post anything. You join, you post anything, and you instantly have a community of fellow Stoics and people who are just trying to improve themselves who can maybe give you advice, give you tips. They've been there, they've done that, and so they have some tips or advice to give you. Or you can just, uh, you know, struggle through something together. But as long as we're providing a community, that's kind of the goal of the Gen Z Stoic website. And that's kind of the goal of the whole podcast as well. And so uh, as soon as this episode drops, the GenZStoic.com is going to be live. It's going to be in our link tree. And you can just simply look it up. And you can go check out our first articles, check out the groups, get into contact with us if you want to. And it's a pretty cool thing. I I can say that I feel like it looks pretty 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 well produced for two people who have no web design experience whatsoever so i'm very thrilled that we're going to be um publishing that as well and that's going to be a new element of the gen z stoic and and i think it just goes again towards that theme of being professional and being consistent right not only are we producing the content through podcasts but that content is now going to look like articles and live interaction with us it's not only those forums are just going to be people from around the world. We're going to be monitoring those forums as well. And we are going to be responding and we're going to be pretty active in our responses because ultimately the goal of the Gen Z Soak and the goal of stoicism is everybody progresses and everybody approves upon themselves, but everybody needs help in that. Even you and me need help in that. And the Gen Z Stoic website is just going to be another resource for people like us in generation Z to improve. And it's going to come through stoicism. Exactly. And, you know, the group part is very important. And we sort of talked about this as we sort of sat down and sort of decided what we really wanted to do in this next season. But we talked about, you know, the first season, it was certainly we wanted to spread our message to our audience. But as we sort of looked back and, you know, in retrospect, we noticed that the first season really benefited us the most because we were getting into a solid routine and we were learning to practice what we preach. We were learning all the skills that we had been talking about for 25 episodes. And now the the biggest goal of season two is to really interact with our audience more and make you and make it feel more of a community. You know, it's very easy for, you know, pages like podcasts or, you know, artists, whatever, anything in that industry to feel like it's just them and you can only look up to them. You can never be a part of what they're, you know, trying to preach. And so I think it's going to be a lot more beneficial to you and to us to have an active and engaged community who's, you know, devoted to learning the teachings of stoicism, because like you said, that's how stoicism was taught originally. It was taught to a small community of people. And then eventually they branched out and taught it to everyone else. And it was an engaged community. So that's exactly what we're looking to do. Uh, And I can't really sum it up any better. And I think you mentioned the kind of some of the struggles that we had in season one. And a lot of this past month has been us kind of being introspective and looking at where we succeeded as a podcast and where we failed and then kind of building off our successes and mitigating those weaknesses. And so it's fitting that our first episode of season two is about embracing struggle because that's exactly what we're doing here as we move into season two. And so it's a relevant topic, right? If we are going to grow as a podcast, we are embracing the struggles that we witnessed in season one. And therefore it stands to reason that if you were going to grow as a person, you need to embrace the current struggles that you have going on in life. And so like season one, we're going to give you a lot of philosophical analysis, but we're also just going to share our stories. I mean, we've been in college. I've been in college for two weeks. This has been your first week, and we're already witnessing some of the struggles that um, you and I respectively have been having. And then again, some of the struggles with the podcast. And so it's just going to be kind of a behind the curtain look in terms of our personal lives. 
showing you that we are trying to practice what we preach and how we're doing that and where we're still struggling. Absolutely. So I think that's that's a good segue into now our, our philosophical, you know, deep dive, our insight, our discussion around struggle. And I'll, I'll start with the first point. And a lot of this comes from what I've learned being in college already, just being in a brand new environment. I sort of started to open my eyes and see this. But the first, uh, you know, stoic point that I would like to bring up about struggle is that I've noticed that it is very hard for people to accept that struggle ends well, that it's hard to see that there there is always a the the ending is happy with struggle if you choose to 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 stick through it. And the reason I, I say that um, is because, you know, everybody here, it's a very diverse community out here in Los Angeles. And so everybody's going through a lot of change. It's very hard. You know, you miss home, you miss your friends, you're you're learning to be an independent person, managing your schedules. And that that's hard if you especially if you didn't grow up or you weren't taught that in high school. Right. And that's a very it's a struggle. It's, it can be very overwhelming at times. But I think and then when people do give up, they just give up to some they they go back to something that is less meaningful that is less, they're not intentional about how they're spending their time and they're just trying to distract themselves and make themselves feel better. And stoically, we know that struggle is absolutely inevitable. It's almost inevitable as fate. It's part of how you become a stronger person. And so for me, as we, as I walk through this brand new chapter of life, I just keep reminding myself every single struggle is supposed to teach me a lesson. If I can stick through it, the outcome is going to be a lot more beneficial than if I just were to, you know, go back and just do something easy and fall into the, you know, the chains of pleasure instead. Right. And so when I hear that and when I think about my situation as well, where I thankfully am like an hour away from home when I'm on campus. So I don't have the like whole idea of this is a new place that I'm not familiar with. But there's a lot of people from my school who are from Texas. Um, I met a gentleman yesterday who's from Dubai. And so the thing that I conclude from that is when you feel homesick as an example, that you are not unique in your struggle, right? The odds that whatever situation you're dealing with, you are the only person in the world who is dealing with that problem is pretty much impossibly small. There is somebody else in the world who is going through what you are going through or has gone through it before or is going to go through it in the future. That There's simply in the human existence, there's nothing that somebody hasn't gone through already when it comes to struggle. So I see so many people adopt the mindset of why me when they're faced with something that is hard. If you are diagnosed with a disease, it's it's very easy to say, why me? If you're going to college, right? And maybe you get, you get bullied or something negative happens, you fail a test and you say, why me? Or why the situation? Why did this happen? Instead of saying, I'm not unique in this, right? Instead of saying that and finding the resources we can and reaching out to people who may have gone through the same thing, so people close themselves off and just say, you know, fate has it that I'm in a shitty situation and that I am just going to have to utilize myself to get out of it. And that's a terrible mindset to have. We talk about um, the concept of self versus the concept of the people around you. And every time we've talked about it, things need to start with yourself, but you're always going to have to utilize those outside resources, especially when it comes to struggle. Because oftentimes, unless it's something small, to get out of what you're struggling with, to get out of the problem that's facing you, you're going to need somebody else to help you in some way, shape, or form. And so when we say, oh, why me? We're basically saying, you know what? This is unique to me. And either I'm going to struggle and I'm going to shut down and let this struggle defeat me, or I'm going to be the only person who can defeat this. And these are two bad mindsets to have. And so that's my kind of conclusion. When I hear you talk about how diverse it is, it's diverse in backgrounds, but you guys are all going through the same stuff. 
I mean, exactly. sure, there are some people from LA who are going to Loyola, but there's a lot of people at that school who are experiencing that same homesickness, that same sense right. of I'm in an unfamiliar place. And the best thing you guys could do is come together and embrace that and talk about where you're from, talk about reminisce and kind of embrace that and lean on each other rather than if every single one of you said, why me? And then just shut down and kind of retracted into their dorm room and thought about why the situation is bad. There's a clearly a better path in that situation. And it's one that says you need to lean on other people, which at times people say that that's not a stoic thing to do. But when it comes to struggle, that's absolutely what you need to do. Because Seneca talks about how those kind of difficulties strengthen your mind and just like kind of hard work does for your body. And then I would add on to that, that those situations also strengthen kind of your ability to lean on other people and know when you need help. That's an underrated skill, especially in today's generation, is know when you need help and when you don't. Because people kind of fall into two camps where they think that they always need help or they're never willing to accept help. Those are two very unhealthy ways to approach the situation. And so if we're leaning into those skills and we're embracing the struggle, then we are growing as a person because you can sure improve your resolve by getting through that struggle by yourself, but you can just as importantly improve your ability to lean on other people, improve your interpersonal skills, and just improve your ability to say, you know what? I need help. I can't get through this alone. Exactly. Well, I think, so you, you made the point that, you know, it's, it's important to know when you are needing help and when to act. And that's important is to acknowledge when you do need help. But then also I would, what I would argue is equally as important as also understanding and ta- actually taking action for that. Everyone knows, you know, it's a lot easier to tell yourself, yes, I do need help. You know, I, I need, I need this, I need that. But then actually going through with it is a whole different story. And stoicism is actually all about community. So there is nothing shameful in seeking help within your community and from your peers. That's actually a very noble thing to do because what you're doing is you're setting down your pride and you're actually acknowledging that, hey, I don't know everything and I need help from someone. And then you're gaining insight in that there's nothing you know, shameful or dishonorable about that. And you, you were talking about struggling you know within your community but let's talk now about if you do have to struggle alone and there are certainly certain situations where you do you don't have anybody and the only person that you can rely on is yourself and so now that that begs the question well what do you do if you are struggling by yourself and i think for me the 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 first things that i do is struggle stems from stress I identify it as struggle when I'm starting to stress and when I'm not in this state of homeostasis where I'm, you know, I'm focused. It's when I start to feel overwhelmed. That's when I identify it. So what's important to do is once you notice yourself getting riled up, similarly to when you're getting in a heated argument with someone before it actually gets to that point, recognizing that it's going to get worse and you say, okay, hold on, let me identify the things that are stressing me out first. What, what is causing me to struggle through this situation? And actually most struggle is simply caused because you're the the system that you have in place is faulty somewhere. And so you're not being as efficient as you can be. And as soon as you start putting stress on a certain area of your life, it's going to feel like you're struggling when in reality, it's actually a very simple fix. And I've noticed that, especially in college, learning how to be efficient because you have to be resourceful. That's one thing that struggle teaches you is to be resourceful, you know, especially now that we're adults and we completely jumped from having things done for us for the most part to actually, I use the example, you know, a few months ago, we had to ask if we could use the restroom and now we own one, you know? So it's a huge leap 
and it's a huge change. And so that that itself can be really scary. And that that example kind of blows my mind because we transition into such a big change so quickly. But that's why it's important to identify a system that works for you, because in reality, most of the time when you're, you're struggling, it's really just a fault in your system. And there is no perfect system, but the more efficient that you can build your system of getting things done to be, it's going to be a lot easier to get things done and not struggle through it as much. And to, when you mentioned like building your system, I can't help but think about all the past episodes we've done about habit building, about and and it's habit building, whether it's mindfulness with meditation, with journaling habits, when it comes to exercise, so many tools that you can utilize to make your day better. And I think about all those episodes, how you could go back through all those episodes and just find like one thing for maybe three episodes that you could apply to your day-to-day life and how, like how much stress is going to go away if you just do those things. Like for me, I'm in college, I'm going to a school that quite frankly, the academic workload just sucks. And, you know, it sounds like I'm complaining, but that's just the reality of the situation. And so for me, what it's been is I established those systems, but those systems also have to give you breaks. They have to give you a break away from whatever is stressing you out and do something that you enjoy. For me, that is lifting. And for me, that is reading stoicism. And for me, that is meditating. And so you find those things, those tools that it could be one of the kind of thousands of things it feels like we've mentioned at this point in numerous episodes. Or it could be something that you found in your life that you enjoy. I mean, if you're someone who likes fishing, I don't know, fishing is something you enjoy, then go take a break to have a fishing trip for a day or something like that. Because ultimately, when struggle becomes something that you can't deal with is when you become overwhelmed. It's when you just sit there and deal with it 24-7 instead of saying, I need to take a break from this. Just like there's no shame in having to rely on somebody else, there's no shame in having to take a break from something because it stresses you out. Like stress is something that I feel like we've talked about how you shouldn't let emotions control you. Stress, I feel like is something that's kind of inevitable. We've talked about how experiencing emotion is inevitable, but it's what you do with it. The same thing holds true for stress. Especially when you go to college, something is going to stress you out. If you've been in college and you don't have any stressors so far, you are not human. You are a robot alien sent from somewhere who has now infiltrated a college and is experiencing no stress that's what's going on so ultimately you're going to find that you have some sort of big stressor right it's not something that you can just tackle head on 24 7 you tackle it head on 24 7 the result's not going to be the best for you that's not the best path forward and so you can embrace struggle like we talked about like that title of the episode is while also taking a break from time to time because you're not no human can just go on 24 7 saying, I'm going to do this, 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 I'm going to tackle this challenge and this challenge and this challenge. You have to keep it realistic. That's what we're doing here, right? You build those systems, but those systems have to have an outlet within them so that, you know, okay, you deal with this stress. And so, yes, I'm becoming more efficient, but that's a hard process. It's a hard process that you are making progress and becoming more efficient. So do something that's inefficient for a change, right? I'm becoming more efficient, more efficient, but here I'm just going to take the night to go do this because it's fun and it takes my mind off things. And then that's, for me, that's, I feel like the healthiest solution. And that's, that's what I personally have been doing. And I think that it's one that can still really align with the stoic message because it's something where stress isn't breaking you down. Stress isn't affecting your decision-making because you're saying, you know what, I may be stressed, but let's push it aside and let's go do something that's fun. And I don't have to think about what's stressing me out. Right. 
Well, yeah, that's the idea of balance, right? It's like you were saying, there's nothing that goes against the Stoic thing that says balance, that says balance is bad. Actually, Stoics believe that life should be, you know, perfectly balanced, that you should have an accommodation of a lot of uh, things that you do or activities that you engage in. And that, that that's a good thing. But also to, uh, to your point about building a system, <clears throat> I've noticed um, in my experience and this isn't just in college this is in high school as well you know people ask you for advice and they're like well how did you start and you know you can tell people how you started doing something for all use the gym for the example like people say well how did you start learning how did you start meal prepping blah 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 and it's that's the one thing about struggle is you do have to struggle alone in order to learn something i believe that it is very important that everybody has and you know this might be a little dark but I hit, I have hit rock bottom, but that taught me more lessons than succeeding ever did. So it's, it's like the cliche saying, you know, you have to go through the dark to get to the light. And I know it sounds so cheesy, but it's, it's very true because at the end of the day, that's all about perspective as well. You can't appreciate the good if you've never seen the worst. So struggle teaches you many lessons and many times you don't realize that until a few months, even a year later, what that taught you. But if you want, if you are going through something and, you know, emotionally, I feel like I am struggling a little bit because, you know, I'm a little homesick. I'm missing the people that I was close to. I'll be completely vulnerable and honest about that. That is something I'm feeling. But, you know, as a, someone who abides by the laws of stoicism, I don't allow myself to act on those emotions. I allow myself to feel them and understand them and understand that emotionally things are a little bit more bumpy right now. I think that's a common misconception. We sort of talked about this, but that what a lot of people when they talk about stoicism then we're led to believe that as soon as you start practicing stoicism your life becomes perfect and you never struggle again stoicism is a way to coexist with struggle in my mind you know it's it's a it's a way to understand that this is inevitable but this is how i'm going to deal with it and move on and that's kind of a beautiful thing because it's important to reemphasize bad things will happen uh, objectively bad things will happen. You will struggle. You won't succeed. You will fail sometimes. But stoicism doesn't say you need to be perfect. It says you need to accept these things and go through them, but then you will get through them. Well, and that reminds me of something I think I saw on like a Reddit thread the other day, where if we think about kind of, if we imagine an emotional toolbox or like an emotional like tool belt for when you're dealing with something, we can use stoicism like a Swiss army knife, right? It has 20,000 different applications and is helpful in a variety of situations. But sometimes you just have a nail and you need a hammer. You don't need a Swiss army knife. Like sometimes I think stoic people believe that stoicism is kind of the solution to everything and that the advice of somebody, the stoic advice or philosophical advice, just philosophy in general at, at times, it feels like you're just going to read this passage and it's going to kind of contain this hidden solution for the problem that you're facing. Sometimes it's, you know, you have the tools of stoicism there to remind you how you should act, but there's a different tool at your disposal that you need to use. And, you know, it might be like we mentioned earlier, it might be another person or it might be a resource that your school has or wherever you're at, a resource that's around you in your community. It doesn't necessarily have to be something that is philosophically based. I think that's something that we kind of have thought about, or at least I've kind of thought about over the past month is that when we're trying to create um, podcast episodes, we want to span like the entire range of the human experience, but there's going to be times where what we say 
doesn't necessarily provide the solution to some people. And so I think that's important to highlight when we're talking about struggle. And I was just reminded of that when you said that, like, when people come to you, you for advice, you were not able to give them proper advice. Because sometimes I think, you know, we can sit up here and say, oh, you're dealing with this, then do X, Y, and Z. But I'm not that person. You are not that person. Mm -hmm. We are not you. And so whoever you're asking for advice, whether it's, you know, the podcast maybe, or whether it's someone you trust, a close friend or something, they are not you and they're not experiencing the emotions you're experiencing, the situation you're experiencing. They don't fully kind of grasp what your stressor is because nobody can fully grasp what stresses you out except for you. And so I think when we kind of look out for advice, that's a good first step to take. But I think it's part of the, what we mentioned in terms of learning how to reach out for help, how to advocate and when the proper time is to do that. The, the same thing applies, right? When you reach out to somebody and they say do X, Y, and Z, and then you do X, Y, and Z, and maybe X works out, but Y and Z don't. Don't take that as something where, oh, the situation's unsolvable. Take it as that's how they approach the situation. Now, how do I want to approach the situation? You have to eventually develop your own sense of identity and your own sense of self. And that's what I think struggle does. Epictetus mentions how circumstances are what makes a man. And I mean, we talked about in depth. It also is what makes a woman. It makes It's what makes a person. Circumstances are. We talk about um, whether it's like political identity. You form your political identity based on the environment around you before you're the age of five. Everything around, everything about you is about the environment you're in. And so if your environment contains struggles, that just means that you're going to be a better person tomorrow. That's all that it means. And so that's, I think, maybe like the final philosophical point I have to make is that people view struggle as a bad thing. Like 100% of the time, like people view struggle as a bad thing. They may view it as a necessary thing. And that's better than I think a lot of our generation use it as if you just view it as a necessary thing, but they still view it as a bad thing. And that's, that's the wrong way to look at it. Struggle is good. Can you imagine how boring life would be if you never struggled? If you just won every single place that you went, if you succeeded, you know, people say, hear that and say, well, I would like to do that. I'd like to succeed hundred percent of the time, but imagine how life, how boring life would be. You just roll out of bed and you would know what would happen. You don't know that with struggle. <clears throat> You don't know how what struggle is going to look like and what's going to happen day to day because struggle is like a roller coaster, right? It's two steps forward, one step backwards for a lot of situations. And so you don't know what that looks like. But what, one thing you do know is if you get through it, you are a better person for it. And so that's what I think about, right? If you don't know what struggle looks like, but you know what the end result is and the end result is good, then view struggle as a good thing. We don't view, I mean, if I, I'm struggling to think of an example, but the things that we view as good usually have a good result, right? And things that we view as bad usually have a bad result. So then why are we flipping that kind of wiring when it comes to struggle? The thing that it is, is that it's because it's tough. It's really tough. And we've talked about how our generation is extremely soft and we don't want to go yep. through tough things. The reality is tough things are necessary. We've talked about how failure is necessary and failure and struggle are very closely connected and struggle is absolutely necessary. Just like failure is required for you to succeed, struggle is required for you to grow. Because if you aren't pushed back and you aren't challenged, then you're not going to challenge your own views. You're not going to challenge your practices. You're not going to challenge anything about yourself. And when you are a person who doesn't check their beliefs, 
who doesn't check their moral values, who doesn't check their routines, then you're not going to be very successful because you're you're going to go through life unaltered and unable to adapt. And so that's the kind of wide ranging impact of struggle. And so that's kind of my, you know, like mathematical analysis of the situation, right? If you input yourself into the struggle, right? You seek out struggle and you find that struggle and you go through it and you ultimately come out on the other side, having conquered that struggle, the input is you struggling and the output is you a better person. And if the output is you a better person, I feel like everybody unanimously can say that they want to be a better person. So we can unanimously say it's a good result. Therefore, I believe that we right. can unanimously say that struggle is a good thing and you should embrace it. Absolutely. Well, and I think I'll build off a few points that you said to make my final statements as well. Um, you said, you know, if you win every day, if you never have to struggle, then it's boring and you're right. And it's also to go along with that. If you win every day, then you win never, you never win because if you are winning every day, then that means, no, you're not losing, but you're never winning. Like you have to lose in order to be able to win, right? Similarly, you have to struggle in order to be able to succeed there. You can't have one without the other. If you've ever seen the Incredibles, uh, one of the villains, he's like, if everyone's super, then no one will be. And it's the same thing. Like if everyone is succeeding all the time, then no one's actually succeeding because you know what, you know what you get the idea. And so also, and then you said, you know, especially in our generation. And this is why ultimately we started the podcast is to try and build a resilient generation through, you know, stoic values, because we believe that that is one of the best ways to build strong minds. Um, is that yes, our generation is soft. We've definitely talked about that. And we also have a lot of people who fall into a victim mentality. It seems like everybody's a victim, right? Everyone has trauma. We overuse the word trauma. Now everything is so not everybody has trauma. Yes, you go through some things, but not everything that you went through is trauma. That's just a hardship in life, right? And so it's also about shifting our perspective about how we view these things. One struggle, that's not a traumatic event. That's simply a struggle. That's part of the human experience that we must accept that we will endure at some point in our lives. And if you are someone who doesn't have to struggle, then you're not going to be as resilient as someone who did. And that's simply, in my opinion, an objective statement. Similarly, like you were talking um, about childhood, the, the the children who are raised in more problematic um, environments where they are forced to adapt and to be resourceful and struggle at a young age are going to grow up to be people who are are kind of unfazed the more they grow and they go through life because they've seen these things and they're used to these things. So you're absolutely right. And this generation, we know we think short term all the time. And so if you think short term, yeah, struggle is a bad thing because in the short term, it sucks. It's not fun. Nobody wants to do it. It's normal to view struggle as bad because humans don't like being uncomfortable. We know this. But when you bring stoicism into it and you start to see the long-term effects, they build you into a stronger person. A year down the road from now, I'll be looking back at this emotional struggle that I'm going through and I'll be a stronger person. And the next time I make a big change, I'm better fit to adapt to it. So I think my last piece is we have to stop viewing struggle as a short-term obstacle and more of a long-term building block. Um, and that goes for just that goes for a lot of things, not just struggle, right? And you said, you know, you need failure, you know, in order to succeed, you need struggle to grow. That's probably the best way that you can put it. Long-term struggle forms you into a stronger person. So the next time you encounter a similar situation, you're better fit. It's like training. You know, it's like training for 
for weightlifting. You start out, you're not very strong. The more you stick with it, the weights don't get lighter, you get stronger. And then you're better. You can pick them up and do them for more reps. It's the exact same concept. The more we are consistent with a mindset that embraces struggle and sees it as a positive outcome in the long run, the more um, resilient we're going to be as a generation and the better fit we're going to be to overcome struggles um, as a group, as a community. Right. So, yeah, I think um, this is kind of our opportunity to kind of talk more about our personal lives. I think that's something um, we didn't mention this as part of season two, but the podcast episodes, we feel like we want to kind of show the practicing what we preach more. I feel like it's important if you are kind of like we are, we're trying to be leaders in terms of the stoic community and lead people to follow a stoic path. So I feel like if we're going to try and position ourselves in those positions of being leaders, being mentors to people and trying to help people out, we should show more about what we're actually doing in terms of that, just not talking about it. Um, Obviously we're still going to talk about it, but it's more about our personal lives. And so that's why we picked embracing struggle for our first episode is because like we said, I've been in college for two weeks Mateo, you've been in college for a week and we are already significantly struggling in two different ways. Uh, And I think it's important to highlight that and show what we're doing about it. Mm -hmm. And for me, you've already kind of mentioned it in terms of your um, kind of emotional struggle. For me, it's just been workload. I'll try not to kind of talk down upon this Colorado School of Mines. All I'll say is that it's extremely rigorous. And it is what I signed up for. Um, But ultimately, when you are a high school student and then you transition to a college that is extremely, extremely rigorous, you get your butt kicked for a while. And I am currently getting my butt kicked. Um, I'm not really sure. I can't hear my audio, but I'm sure my voice sounds a lot different than it usually does. Um, So I'm going through it. But what I'm doing, I kind of already mentioned it um during our like philosophical conversation is that even though i'm struggling and i have to do hours of homework and i'm you know for the first time in my life struggling academically and it at times has made me question my intelligence which is very scary to me as somebody who prides myself as an intelligent person what i have been doing is taking time away from academics taking time away from being intelligent I, I, like I'm taking time away from being intelligent to go do dumb stuff, whether it's, you know, doing dumb stuff with my dog who I thankfully get to take with me to college because he's a service animal or whether it's just, you know, doing dumb stuff with the people that I've met, just anything that takes me away from where I have to actively think, where I have to think academically. And part of that is lifting. Part of that is meditating. And part of it is doing that dumb stuff with other people who are just, who are, like I said, going through the same struggle as me. Because ultimately what it is, is if you're someone who's in the same situation um, where you just got to college and the workload is crazy and you don't know how to handle it, here's my advice. Guess what? Everybody else is doing the same, the exact same thing. Everybody else is going through the same thing. Everybody else is stressed out because they don't know how to do this. Everybody's maybe questioning their intelligence a little bit too. So what I suggest you do is be vulnerable about it and people are going to be vulnerable about it with you. And then guess what? You're going to find a community that all wants to go away from that academic stuff and go do fun stuff where you don't have to think. And Mm -hmm. I've already found that a little bit. I'm continuing to find those things through clubs, through different activities, but that's just what I'm doing because I'm in the distancing myself from portion because 
really when you kind of deal with the struggle that I'm dealing with, it's something where you just have to get acclimated to it. And that's what I'm doing. I'm acclimating and how you kind of adapt and just get in that rhythm as you go through it. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just going through my day to day. I'm getting through it. And then I'm taking a break for myself when I need to. And so it's just being self-aware. It's really, that's, that's what my emphasis has been in this episode is self-awareness, awareness when you need help, awareness when you need to take a break and awareness when you can just push through it. And I think that's kind of my advice. And like you said, I, I really like your point about how I'm going to analyze this a year from now and think about how it made me stronger. I'm definitely going to analyze this maybe even six months from now. And hopefully I'll actually be able to do physics and calculus. We'll see. Um, very questionable. Yeah, good luck. Good now. luck. But good luck. Um, hopefully, and I know for sure in six months, I'll look at it and I know I will have gone through it because I have the habits and I'll be proud of myself for getting through it. But not only that, then I will hopefully be able to look at it and see, you know, how much more intelligent I've become and how I went from, oh, maybe I'm not intelligent to now, like, I feel very smart because I've been able to get through this. And it's been an intelligent struggle, something that was intellectual, and I've gone through it. Absolutely. <sighs> well, I'll I'll give your voice a break. I know that you caught a, you caught a sick, a little cold this week, and it's you've been going through that and I know it's not fun. So on top of your stress and your workload, you uh your body is going through some stress as well. So I'll give your voice a break. Um you mentioned you were only, you know, an hour from home, so it's not too big of a physical lo- change in location, but you mentioned that your workload is very rigorous. So I'm almost in the exact opposite situation. I am over a thousand miles from home in a completely new environment, but my workload is very low right now because I'm not in an engineering school. I'm at a liberal arts institution and it, the, the, the teaching methods are different. I'm in a Jesuit, you know, a private liberal arts institution. Yeah. You go me. It's fine. But the, the, that's not the point. It, the, the idea is that we are both struggling, but in completely different ways. And the people that I'm going to school with are struggling differently than you. But at the end of the day, we are both, I believe, and I, I say this from a stoic perspective that I am what I'm going through now is what I am meant to be going through at this moment. I am learning lessons and I am learning to adapt to my environment. Specifically, if I want to get a little more personal with it, I think I've always been a pretty social person and I, I, I value my relationships a lot. And, you know, I, I miss my close friends a lot back at home uh, or they're not back at home. I miss my close friends from home who are now scattered across the country and the globe to be completely honest um, doing a long distance relationship. I miss my girlfriend a lot and I miss my mom for sure, because my mom has always been in my corner since I can remember. And so that's, it's sort of tough to step away from those things for a little bit for me and just being physically so far apart, because what I've noticed that having a lot of physical distance, you feel a lot closer to those people and you feel like you could almost reach out and, you know, touch them almost, but then you realize how far away you are, but it, it gives me this sense of, Um, a realization that I actually care about these people a lot more than I thought. Not that I didn't think I cared about you. I I care about you very much. But now that I can't be with you and I'm so far, you sort of realize, wow, these people did so much for me. And that's a humbling thing to realize because then you realize how you actually sort of take people for granted, even the most important people in your life when you don't realize it. Um, School-wise, you know, it's fine. It's just, I think both of us are learning to be very independent and manage our, our, our assignments and manage our schedules on our own now and our budgets, our finances and whatnot. Um, so, you know, that's certainly an adjustment, but I think, 
I'm sort of in the opposite boat as you. I'm not as close, but my workload isn't as heavy. So it's a different struggle. But at the end of the day, you and I are both approaching our struggles in the same way. And that's the beauty of stoicism is how applicable it is to many situations. And I think for me, the thing that I've noticed is even though we're kind of in opposite situations, I think the tenant of like the struggle is like an identity conflict, sort of Um, hearing your situation. Like I know you as a very social person and I feel like the social shift between Mead, Colorado and Los Angeles, California is like so huge that like that kind of social identity is getting challenged a little bit. And then for me personally, I pride myself as I am not so I am not a social person, first and foremost, but I'm somebody who like places my intelligence and like my ability to like think logically and like common sense at like the highest level. And that's getting challenged. And so for me, the funny thing is that we're in opposite situations, but it kind of highlights how like opposite in terms of like personality we are. Like we obviously are tied together in terms of like the way we think, but in terms of you being social and me not being so, so social and then like me actually enjoying calculus a little bit and then I'm, i don't want to speak for you but i feel like you don't you didn't enjoy calculus i hated it so yeah. much yeah so <laughs> like the opposites are getting kind of highlighted but then they like get challenged and so we're both like facing that kind of identity i don't want to say crisis because i i don't feel like i'm in a crisis i don't feel like you're in a crisis i feel like we are actually handling it handling it pretty well but like the core sense of identity is getting challenged and i think Whenever anybody faces that, there's kind of that level of stress that you're like, whoa, 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 like what's happening here? And I just thankfully, I just think that we have the habits, thankfully. And we talked about that when we talked about the episode of like how we're going to handle going off to college. We talked about how compared to most people in our generation, we have really solid habits and we have really solid routines and a really good mindset. And so we're really going to be able to handle college better than most people. And I think that's true. I think us struggling only highlights how difficult it is to transition to college. And I think it's funny because we have a lot of older listeners and the older listeners are probably going to be like, duh, like, of course it's hard to transition to college, but like going through it, it's just a shock to the system. And so I think we're of course going to experience that struggle. We've already talked about how struggle is natural and college is just one of those kind of life moments where that struggle is the highest where that challenge in terms of where you find your identity is heightened. It's heightened to levels that you may or may not experience the rest of your life. And so why we're talking about embracing that struggle is because that's the reality for us right now is we face two options, right? We're in college and we're facing our struggles. And the two options are embrace the struggle, develop our sense of self, develop our community, promote our podcast, promote our beliefs and find people who share them and then maybe convert some people to be stoic and to be successful in college or the alternative, which is run away from the struggle, lock ourselves in our dorm room and not be social, not embrace the struggles of academics, not do any of that and just become a miserable person. And I think that's what faces a lot of people is kind of, and I'm going to use the dorm room door as like the kind of paramount kind of crossroads for that decision, right? People are homesick. People are not sure how to socialize. People are stressed out with their academic workload. The whole gambit of struggles in college. And so that dorm room door is what I'm visualizing my struggle as right now. Whether I want to lock myself in there and just, you know, complain about the situation, just kind of, I don't know, wallow in the struggle and not really change anything. 
or whether I want to open that door up, go find resources to help and have a good time and be successful. And so that's any struggle as whether you want to open the door to the resources and having a good time after you embrace the struggle and you succeed successfully got through it, or whether you want to close that door and let struggle hang out with you, beat you, and ultimately just overwhelm you. Well, and that's a good point. I think too, also, when you close the door, you go back to what is what you're comfortable with and you're never going to grow unless you get outside the comfort zone, you open the door and you take the step out into the real world. Right. Um, and you know, it's been, like you mentioned, we, we do, do definitely have opposite personalities almost, but stoicism is certainly a common ground. It's not the only common ground, but it is, it is a very strong common ground between us. And that, that sort of shows me everything I need to know. And it's important also a lot of people go into college and they don't know who they are and that's totally fine you don't have to know what you want to do but i think identifying what is important to you and what matters to you and what your values are personally is crucial before you step into adulthood i think that even as young adults in high school we should be reflecting more about what truly matters to us and what we believe in because what i see and what i've noticed is a lot of people who go off to college and don't know what matters to them or aren't strong enough to stand up for what they believe in end up conform conforming to a group that they wouldn't have joined if they had had that sense of self or if they had stood up for themselves and so we are very not close-minded but we're very fixed on our values and i don't think that's a bad thing i think that's the one time one of the very few times we're being close-minded about you know, your values and what matters to you and standing strong in those beliefs. And that doesn't mean you can't be open, obviously, to other perspectives. That's not the point. But, you know, I'll give the example. I'm not a partier. I've never really enjoyed going out and partying. And I've had people be like, oh, like, come, come party and do this. And to me, it's just not something I enjoy doing. And so it's easy for me to be like, no, it's okay. I'll catch up with you later. Instead of just saying, oh, sure. Even though I don't want to do something, it's I having a very strong sense of self is what i can say is a great way to start your journey through struggle and that's a great asset to have as you walk down the journey in the path of life is having your sense of self because if nobody can shake what you believe in or what you value then i think you're pretty on a pretty good path and um as i kind of get off on a tangent from where we were going with the episode my piece of advice um it relates closely to this friend I have who goes to the same school, even hanging out a lot. Um, is that in our generation, it seems like we really want to conform. We really are afraid of what this person's going to think of me, what the group's going to think of me. And to me, that makes no sense, right? As you walk through life, you have your values. And so when your values are challenged by people, a lot of our generation says, well, you know what? I'm afraid to stand up for my values because people aren't going to like it and they're going to judge me and they might exclude me. And what I say to that is if people are so offended by the values that you're supposed to hold dear to yourself, why are you around those people? Why, why are you around those people? Those people aren't good for you. And so what it is, is if you stand out with your values and you're hundred percent consistent with them, you're going to attract the people who share those same values. It's a natural phenomenon. If you are open about your values and you are unwavering, people are going to be very attracted to that who share those same values. People aren't going to be attracted to it who don't share those values, but those aren't the people you want around you because they're going to, in your example, they're going to be the ones who drag you to parties and force you to drink. Those are going to be the ones who are bad influences and make you do bad things. Right. 
if you want people around you who are good influences, you take my advice and you find out those things that you value, where your moral compass is at, and you don't let it sway. That moral compass points straight north 100% of the time. And guess what? It's going to attract people who share those same values. It's a great way to put it. And I don't really have anything else to add. I would say that's probably the best way to sum it up. You know, just stand firm in your ground, stand firm in who you are as a person. And that also comes with um, not, it's not selfish to put your, your values first. That's a responsible thing to do because you're protecting your peace. So instead of thinking about how a decision that respects your inner peace and yourself influences other people. That's why a lot of people choose not to make decisions is because we're empathetic individuals who care about how our decisions impact others. But there's a, there's a fine line between taking an action that's going to affect a lot of people versus doing what is best for you and how that affects other people because it's about you. It's okay to be responsible and take care of yourself. So. Well, and I think um, as we kind of wrap up this episode, if we want to relate it back to kind of our philosophical conversation and struggle, right? Like, like we've said, we're both going through our individual struggles, but that piece of advice I just gave is one way you can find the resources you need to help you through that struggle. Because if you have people with the same values around you, they're going to give you the advice that you actually can use to get through struggle. Like when I ask people for advice, usually I ask my mother or I ask you. Those are like the two people I usually ask for advice on something. That's because my mother is my rock who is sitting upstairs. And because you and I are basically 100% aligned on what we value. And so when I ask you for advice, 99% of the time I can use it. And it actually applies to my situation and helps. And so that's because we align on those values. And you're going to give me advice that you know that I believe in. And the same thing holds true for whatever you believe. If you find people who share those same values and those same beliefs, they're going to give you that helpful advice. And so that's why I think that my advice is so important. And it relates back to the topic is because those are the resources that you need to utilize when you're embracing the struggle to get through it and succeed. And so I, this has been you know, the first episode of season two. Uh, we covered embracing struggle today. We kind of got vulnerable. One of the most vulnerable episodes we've had so far. Uh, I've been your co-host, Ren. I've been your co-host, Mateo. And as always, thank you for listening. Make sure to check out the Gen Z Stoic website. It'll be live at the time of posting of this episode. Make sure to check out the groups. Make sure to check out the articles. And make sure to engage with us as we open up an exciting new chapter of the Gen Z Stoic. Yeah, thank you guys so much. We will see you in our next episode. And be sure to, on our Gen Z Stoic podcast website, and uh, engage with our community. Get involved. Join um, a group we where we have a groups page and you can get involved with our community there and we would love to see you engaging and reaching out so with that we will see you next week